Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Like you said, our topic, subtopic, is prayer, a praying disciple. And we all know the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray because he understood that prayer is very, very important. Prayer is your communication with God. We have two definitions here that says, Prayer is a communication initiated by man to God or a God. Um, I learned this thing a while ago that worship takes you to the heavens, I guess. But prayer gets you communicating with God. We are so stuck in worship. We love worship. Don't get me wrong. Worship is God. Worship is a language. But prayer is when you are telling God, this is why I came. Can you imagine knocking into a person's house and came in and sat down and just looking? And the person's looking and like, how may I help you? So that's what prayer does. If worship takes you there and prayer gets you communicating with God. We saw the life of Jesus. Jesus was a praying man. Jesus is a praying man. I won't say was because it's a life. But Jesus is a praying man. You would think about it when Jesus went to pray. You know, preparing for this wonderful journey that it was going, it was about to get into. I'm about to die and come back. It, 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 you know, it got me thinking that even in the place of prayer, you can have fear. Because at that moment, Jesus said, I've been praying. I know you can do it, but let this cup pass over me. But in that same place of prayer, it got boldness. It got boldness. And so as a disciple... You cannot be a prayerless disciple. The enemy will toy with everything the Lord has put in your hand. That's why the Lord led us to pray this, this before we, we came into the we went into the word because everything we say will be useless if you're not praying. Things don't just happen. It's not magic. You have to pray. Yeah. And I think with that being said, I want us to understand that realistically, in, 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 the, in the Old Testament, historically, what used to happen is that God would call, like, would talk to somebody. He would say, my son, or Abraham, or Adam. But the shift happened when it was now reversed. His creation was now communicating to him. Where it wasn't them waiting for God to, to, to communicate to them. They now said, hey, God. God, spare these people. Or God, please. And I want you guys to realize that this big God that we serve, we can call upon him. We can call upon him. Like, we have access to him. Like, we have so much access to him. And, and, and I think that's the beautiful thing about, as Lola was saying, is like, you know, prayer is something that a lot of people talk about, but they don't real, we don't realize how intimate prayer is. I always tell people when I was joke. I always joke with the worship uh, team members sometimes, and I was telling like, bro, some of the I know some of the the most there's there's three things I feel like people are really intimate for people. Of course, um, let's be real, like sex. Okay. Number two is people singing, because <laughs> people don't want to sing sometimes, because you know that 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 exposes their real voice. And the third one is prayer. And I always tell people, I tell the worship team all the time, like, bro, y'all got it down. Y'all singing. That's people's biggest fears. Prayer, prayer exposes a lot about you. Prayer exposes a huge, like it's a huge thing. And that is why I believe that 
for the Gap Church, we're, we, we need to address our secret place. Like today we're addressing our secret place because the thing is that there's people who have come in here with some dusty secret places. Some people have come in here with non-existent secret places. Some people have come in here with amazing, you know, uh, decored out secret places. <laughs> but the truth is that we need to address it because like Lelani was saying, a, like she said, a powerless church is, or a prayer, prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless person is a powerless person. That's the reality. And I want, us to, I want us to just look at this real quick. You see, the thing is this. As, as a disciple, prayer is an exercise of power. Right? It's an exercise of power. So if you're not praying, you're not exercising your power. I'm going to just be real. And I love how it says it in Proverbs 18.21. Um, of course, death and life lie in the power of the tongue. Of course, prayer does not necessarily have to be vocalized. It can be within your mind, within your spirit. But the truth is that within you, God has given you authority. So when you find someone that is not praying, you realize that's a pride. That's pride. That is pride. If you, I'm going to just be real with you guys. If you're not praying, it's pride. Because you believe that the access that this big God has given to you, you don't need it. I'm going to just be real. You don't need it. You don't need his help. Him going to the cross, that's cute. I don't need it. I don't need your, I get it, Jesus. I know, but I don't need all that. I don't mind going through life on my own, doing what I want to do. That's what's happening when you don't pray. So you have to realize that the intimacy that comes with prayer is a submission and a, hum, a humility of man saying that, God, I need you. So if I meet someone who doesn't pray, I'm saying that you're basically telling God that you're good. And for those people that just call on God when they need help, you're in the same boat too. You're still prideful because it, it just means that what you've established with God is that, hey, I'm going to wipe off the dust off of my secret place when I need you, but I'm going to just make sure it aligns to my needs. Whatever you need, it's okay, God, but I'm going to come back to you when I need you. That's it. And that is for someone who doesn't pray. <laughs> for someone who prays, um, I got this word yesterday. It says prayer takes you to an ascended reality. What happens when you pray? There's, there are different levels of prayer. You can pray from here and you only get there and come back to you. But at the time you pray, that your prayers actually get to heaven. And then at that point, you are looking down at your problems. So imagine if you're standing at the, the mountain, looking down at another mountain, it looks flat. So that's what prayer does. It takes you to an ascended reality. And so it's, it's soak yourself in a place of prayer. I, I think people just believe that prayer, it's, there's a mechanism to how it works. Everything I do here, when I'm praying, I am quiet, I am crying, I need to be fueled. That is a time where you let it all out to God. Because he already knows it anyways. So why I, where you get broken and rebroken and then remolded, that's what happens when you pray. When you pray, you command your future. Prayer is the only thing that goes to your future and waits for you. You send your prayer to your future. When you get there, things are already working. And people are like, how is this doing? She has sent, he has sent it to the future. You command your future. You command your environment. A prayerless disciple is a powerless disciple. 
When you pray, you get power. How do you call yourself a disciple with no power? You are the same as an unbeliever. You are the same as an unbeliever. It says that the shadows of disciples were causing miracles. The disciples did not pray as much as they did after Jesus left. Because Jesus was praying for them. The bridegroom was around. They didn't have to worry. But then, Jesus said, go wait for me. What were they doing? For 10 days, they were praying. That was when the Holy Spirit came. And then after that, you would, how do you tell someone that is crippled to just stand up? It doesn't just come by talking. The story of Daniel, I read the entire story of Daniel last night or this morning. And Daniel was a man with an excellent spirit. Because of the giftings that God had given him, he was able to interpret the dreams and the writings and everything for the king. And when these people realize that these guy is becoming, they are taking him from the, the lower level, he's, he's becoming our boss. They decided, to, they decided to set a trap for him. They knew that he would not just but pray to God. He's a man of prayer. So they knew the only way they can get him is to come for that praying, that praying act itself. So they went to the king and they said, please, I want you to write a decree and say that nobody should pray to any other God except worshiping you. Obviously, a prideful king, that sounds good. I'm going to sign it. And the moment Daniel heard it, what did he do? He didn't go downstairs. He went upstairs. He opened the window. He wanted to see me. And then he started praying. And then obviously they had something against you. So they went to the king. We caught somebody that wasn't doing, you know, excited that they set a trap. The king knowing who Daniel was, he said, I know your God will save you. Is it the prayer that Daniel will pray after hearing was going to the den that will shut the mouth of the lion? Or the prayer he's been praying in the past? Daniel spent so much time praying for people. I don't think he was related to them. And he got to the lion's den. The king couldn't even sleep. The king that was an unbeliever was praying and saying, Father, save this boy because I know he's your son. And the first thing in the morning he said, as your God saved you. And Daniel said, the mouths of the lion were shut. They could not touch me. That is the life of a praying disciple. And I love that, bro, Jesus. And that's why you need to pray because you need to pray because your journey requires it. Your journey requires it. In Acts 4, Acts 4, 29 to 31, Acts 4, 29 to 31, I want us to turn there real quick. Because I want you guys to realize, well, I said that she said that there's prayers that are being sent ahead of you. It says this, 29. And now, Lord, take notice of the threats they have made and allow us, your servants, to speak your message with all boldness. Reach out your hand to heal and grant that wonders and miracles may be performed through the same name of Holy Servant Jesus. When they finished praying, the place they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to proclaim God's message with boldness. You see what is happening here is that there's, there's a group, they realize that there was threats against them. And they realized there was persecution. So they asked God, because here's the real thing is that we're not, we're not where we want to be. There's fear that may come in. We may feel inadequate. But here's the thing. When you submit it to God and you pray to him, what they did is that they submitted and said, God, please make us bold. We need to be bold. 
we see the persecutors coming from our left and our right. Help us to be bold. And, and why this is important is because our, when, we, when we don't understand prayer, we realize this. We don't realize that our journey ahead is going to come with things that, that we don't have yet. We don't have certain things. There's certain characteristics that we don't have. But you see, when you pray to God, it's almost like a cheat code. What others have to struggle with, God aligns for you. So someone who has, someone has to learn peace through pain, but God aligns your situation for you to learn peace through a beautiful way. You see, a lot of times I believe that, I believe this, that when you do not pray for your journey ahead, because prayer is one of those positions where you actually have to look forward, pray for what's ahead, and leave it to God. You see, the world is different. They look ahead and they worry about it. So when you submit it, you pray ahead of time. When you meet that thing because of the deposit that you've already done, the traps that were set before you, the things that were supposed to knock you out, those things have already been sealed. So if there was a, if there was a pothole on the way, it's already sealed. It's already sealed. Your journey requires it as a disciple. If you knew where God was taking you to, you would be praying every single day. Because there's some rooms right now with the person that you are right now that you will not be able to speak into. But here's the thing. When you pray and you commit it to God, what God is going to do is that he's going to fine-tune your journey. He's going to fine-tune your walk so that when you get to that place, he's already put your name in that place. The discussions have already been there. There's some rooms that you'll walk into that they'll be like, oh, yeah, we saw your Instagram like two days ago or we've seen this already. But if you don't pray, you're leaving it to just luck, to chance. I'm sorry. I've seen a lot of people walk this walk with chance and they haven't ended up in the best place. But for those that have committed their walk, that have prayed as disciples and understood that it's only by God that I can get to where I need to get. I don't know where I'm going, but it's only by God. So I'm going to commit it to him. I can say this. From me personally, I believe this. It's not my doing that I'm here right now. But it's the obedience and understanding that when I pray to God, it is finished. It is so. Someone that gave his son to die on the cross. The victory is already ours, right? So when you pray, you're reminding God of what he did on the cross. You're reminding him of what he did for us already. So as a believer, when you pray to him, you're now saying, God, remember, remember, remember what you've done. And um, it's, it's, I don't know about you guys, but this series, God has really broken me and bended me. And I don't know why he's trying to straighten because it hurts to straighten it out. But this week, God taught me something. That it's one thing for God to say something. And it's, for another, it's another thing for you to claim it. Prayer helps you claim that promise of God. Because you say God has said it. Yes, it's going to happen. But your participation is, is needed. In the journey of ministry of life, there is the, there's a stage whereby it's a preparatory stage and there's a manifestation stage. The preparatory stage, every man is going to have to pass through it to get to where God is taking you to. But at that stage, you will start doubting as God said it. Did God say it? 
But that's when you're supposed to soak yourself in prayer and say, Father, you said this. Your word says this, that, that, that. And because you have said that thousands will fall at my right, 10,000 at my left, and none will come near me. I claim that because I will not die but live. That is what happens when you pray. You remind God of the things he has said, and you claim them fast. Some things are sitting in your future that should be in your present. You need to claim it. That's why I said I wasn't going to pray for you. You know what God said to you. I know what God said to me. And when it starts, when it doesn't look like it, I go back to the closet and I go, This is not what you said. This and that is what you said. And I want to see that manifest. And I walk out of my secret place and I say, yes, it is happening. That is what prayer is like. That is what prayer does. As a disciple, you are starting your ministry. The Lord is saying, I'm calling you forth to be an evangelist. And you are shy. You cannot talk. And you're like, Father, but you said you're calling me forth to be an evangelist. How do I be an evangelist when I can't talk? And he's saying, I need you to get into that secret place. And I need you to speak. I remember when pastor said when he just started this church, he said he would speak to the grasses and preach to them like he was preaching to persons. And people would think of, that's crazy. But it was exercising faith. Now they had to split the church into two and send us upstairs. You people are blocking us downstairs. That's, in that stage, God was preparing him for a manifestation. For a manifestation. Remember the story of the axe? That fell into the water because it was blonde. The guy was trying to open it. It was like, sir, my axe fell into the water because the axe was blunt. Some of us, our axe is blunt. It's not sharp enough. And you're rubbing it on cloth, expecting it to be sharp. When you should be rubbing it on fire. Prayer. Mm. Prayer. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I believe that a lot of us, because of our lack of prayer life, we're not in his will. We're not within his will. You see, when you pray, you are literally aligning yourself. Because here's the thing. We all know the Holy Spirit, right? So he's picking up the things. I love what it says in First uh, John. It says that God hears. If you ask, you shall receive according to, according to his will. So he hears you according to his will, and he will grant it according to his will. This is why prayer is important, because here's the thing. When you're praying to God, when you're praying to him, and you're, you're saying, God, do this. I need this. I need... Here's the thing. He's picking up what is, oh, okay. That's my will. That's my will. That's my will. That's my will for this person. So when you do not pray, you're literally, you're just saying that, hopefully I'm in his will. Hopefully, I'm walking within as well. But when you pray, especially when you pray in the Spirit, that's why praying in the Spirit is very is, is, is a very powerful thing because the Trinity knows where you're supposed to go. The Trinity knows where you're supposed to be. So here's the thing. I love this example that so when you're speaking in tongues, when you're praying to God in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is hearing it. He's translating it for you. He's translating it for you to God. And, and here's the thing. He's speaking the will of God to him. He's speaking the will of God for your life to him. So if you need a car, 
if you need a car, and here's the thing, you're saying, God, I need a car, you know, I haven't been able to get to the, to the gas I'm going to be real with you guys. Some of us are praying prayers that are selfish. Let's be real. Let's be real. I love what, I love what uh, my dad says. He says, God is a businessman. He, 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 he turns his ear to those things that actually benefit him. So here's the thing. When you're praying certain prayers, you have to check your heart a lot of times because it's like, am I praying for myself Am I praying for the greater good? That's why a lot of times when you're praying, God, give me this thing, give me that thing, and the output of it is to affect souls, to bring people closer, to help something. You'll realize that the Holy Spirit's, uh, that's it, God. He needs that car because if he doesn't get that car, he cannot transport people to the Gap Church. No, that's how God actually thinks sometimes. God. He, she needs the financing. She needs the financing for school because she will be the first to graduate from, from, her, from, her, from, her, from her family. And she will be the testimony. And because she serves you, they will now know that they should serve her God. So you see, when you're praying these things, the Holy Spirit is picking it. Each one. Each one. When you're crying out, God, please help me. Help me to do this. I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling that way. He's hearing everything you're saying, and he's thinking about the will that he's put for you forth. And he's saying that, okay, that thing, that should, yes, I need to give it to you. Because if you don't have it, you can't get to this place. You are aligning yourself. I, I'm going to keep saying that. You are aligning yourself with his will when you pray. Like, that is why there's power. Because the thing is that you don't realize that we're born in sin. We are born in sin. So here's the thing. Before you were born, there's already been things set in front of you to just knock you out. Whether from your family line, whether things that you may dip yourself in through life. But when you pray, it's like maybe there's a mantle that's been dropped in your family. And now God is seeing your prayers. He's hearing your prayers. It's like because of you, that generational curse has to go. You have to realize that there's a specific will, a specific calling for your life. A specific calling for your life. That's, that's the beautiful thing about even when you look at John the Baptist. He died young. His, his, his purpose was specifically to prepare the way for God. And when you look at his purpose, you realize that the prayers, his parents have been praying for so long. I need a child, I need a child, I need a child, I need a child. But here's the thing. When God came to them, the assignment was there. And you see... Through their prayers, it aligned. Automatically, it was aligned. Everything was aligned for him. So we have to realize, as believers, there's a will of God that we have to establish within our lives. When we pray, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit is picking up what we're saying. It's not, it's not that God is not answering our prayers. Just check your hearts when you pray next time. <laughs> that thing, if you want somebody to die, ah, that may not, that, that's probably not the will of God. Let's be real. <laughs> you said, ah, this person needs to, no, 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 check your heart. What is the why behind your prayers? Because here's the thing, as disciples, the mission, our goal is to impact, impact the world, bring more souls, souls to Christ. So are there certain prayers that you're praying that are not in line with that? Check your heart when you're praying next time. Colossians 2.14. Um, I'm reading the American Standard Version, Colossians 2.14. It says, Having blotted out the bond written in ordinances that was against us, 
which was contrary to us. And he had taken it out that way, nailing it to the cross. There are some things that has been spoken over this nation and this city already. If there's an empty chair beside you, you have not prayed enough. Prayer changes the world. We say revival is here, revival is coming. When last did you pray for the city? When last did you pray for your neighbor? When last did you pray for revival? Our jobs as disciples is to pray for the world. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come. That prayer alone for two hours. Lord, I want to see your kingdom come. I tell you, you seek first this kingdom and everything else you want will be added to it. Sometimes you need to streamline your prayers. They are too long. You just need that one. Lord, I want to see your kingdom come. And I tell you, the other things that are worried has been taken care of. Because the Lord is, I need this person. This person is praying my will. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before they now say, give us this day. It's arranged as it should be. Have your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in your church. Your will be done in Arlington. Your will be done in Grand Perry. And then you watch God give you the day. Because he wants you to keep praying those prayers. You are praying his heart. Pray for your world. Pray for this nation. Pray for your city. As disciples, sow the seed of prayer. The princes and the, the, the demons assigned to these areas send curses daily. They are doing their work as they should. Are you doing your work as you should? If you are waiting for Jesus to come and do it, then he's going to come, but then that's the end of the world. While they are sending out curses, we're sending out blessing. The Israelites, we know the story of Balaam and Balak. They were trying to curse them. He said, you cannot curse whom I have blessed. Imagine how many blessings you're shooting out. He overshadows the curses. He overthrows the curses. You want to be able to enjoy the work you do. Pray for your job. Pray for your boss. Prayer of our time. Yeah. Else? And, I'll just, and I'll just say this as we're rounding up. Like I was saying in the beginning, all of us have an assignment within us. And a lot of us are here, let's be real, because of our, our parents' prayers. We're in the position right now because of our parents' prayers. But I want you guys to deep this. Their prayer has put you in this position right now. Can that show you already how powerful prayer is? So now... Imagine if you prayed for your future children in your workplace. I was telling a lot of yesterday, I was saying that, you see, when you realize that prayer changes your world, people do, are, this, bro, the, the world, they want to say whatever they want to say. They'll say that a hospital, they have a, a reduced amount of case, cases because of the staff. You'll find out, I was telling that, you'll find out that there's four, four nurses that will be praying every morning there. Mm-hmm. And that's shifting the hospital. You are changing your world when you pray. What will it look like? Some of us, our parents are not on the, are not doing the right things. They're not. They, they still need to be saved. Some of us, our siblings are out there. What will it look like if you committed it into prayer? These shifts, God will like get God's attention. 
let God sort out your case. Imagine if you get on your knees and you declare it in your secret place. God, save my brother. God, save my sister. God, financially set me free. God, speak to my parents. God, equip me for what's next. Commit it. God, within this city, help my business grow so it can change the lives of others. Commit it into God. What would it look like for all of us if we actually took on the initiative of praying for our world? We don't all work in the same place, right? Some of us are engineers. Some of us are IT people. Some of us are nurses. Some of us work in, in accounting offices. Within your firms, within your places of work, imagine if you prayed. You will be the difference. Because you're there, you'll find out that the, they're having the most sales there because of you. They'll be thinking that it's just good marketing, but it's your prayers. <laughs> and here's the thing about this, guys. This is, this is sounding kind of weird, but don't expect a reward for it. Because as a disciple, we're supposed to be praying. So when the breakthrough happens for your family, don't say, oh, it's me. No, no, no. It's him. It's him. When the cases go down in your hospital, it's not because of your prayers. It's because of him. Because he heard you. Here's the thing. Consistency. Keep on doing it. Jesus said it. Consistent. Be consistent. Keep on saying, God, change my family. Change my family. Every day. Streamline it. Streamline it. Streamline it. You're building up a cloud. You're building up, you're building up deposits. You're depositing it, depositing it, depositing it. By the time that thing, by the time the rain falls, trust me, it's going to pour. <laughs> all, all, all you need is just the wind of God to pick up your prayer. And imagine, one times 5,000 prayers as you prayed of that one topic. By the time the wind comes, it's coming. So keep praying. It may not be answered today or tomorrow, but keep praying because here's the thing. God is hearing it. God is taking note of it. Every single time you cry out, every single time you, you commit those things into his hand, he hears you. And you've said a lot of things today. We've prayed. Um, and you're seeing, but I'll try to praise hard. When he talked about consistency, consistency is what brings the spirit of prayer. And that's what helps people to pray. It's not by your strength. Sometimes you want to pray at that 2 a.m. And yes, there's discipline. But then sometimes you just feel like, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to say. That's where the spirit of prayer comes into work. That's where the spirit of prayer comes into work. Like the, I don't know, it was Elijah or Elisha that was praying for the rain. And every time he, the, the servant would say, I, I, I don't see anything. And he goes back to pray. And he keeps sending it up. And then the cloud formed. That hand was the hand of, of a man. It says, I see a cloud with the form of the hand of a man. That was the hand of the person praying. That formed the cloud. Consistently. Even if it's two things that you have the strength to pray, pray. You realize today is five minutes. Tomorrow you find yourself doing 10 minutes. Before you know it, you're praying three hours and you're wondering what happened. I remember one of our fathers of, in faith, the, the, a revival man. And this guy, it was, they served him food. He is a praying man. He was served food and he said he should pray on the food. And he prayed there for three days. He was there for three days. The food was there. The wife came out. He took the food. He was there for three days. That could not have been by his strength. 
And after that three days, in the little town that the Lord sent him to, he was commanding miracles. But that was the spirit of prayer. The spirit of prayer will come for you when it's time. When God, you might be just be driving and you will just hear it is time to pray. You pack and you start praying. That is what the spirit of prayer does. And so, um, we had two auto calls today. We've been, um, started the series, The Disciple. And if, we, if anyone remember the first word that was prayed, that was preached here by Dara, talks about some of us are fans of God, some of us are followers, and some of us are disciples. And so we have two altar calls. The first one, please let us stand up. Please let us stand up. Thank you. Please and thank you. Our first altar call is, I know of this God. I hear people talk about this God. I, am, I come to church and they talk about this God constantly. But I am not a follower of him. I want to follow him. If you are here today and you are saying, I know of this God, but I don't know him. I don't know who I'm praying to. I've heard what people say, and I know him based on what other people are saying. But I want to be a follower. Please, if you're here, or it's bow, or eyes closed. If you're here and you're saying, I want to be a follower of God, please let, put your hands up, even online. You'll see the save will be shown. Please put your hands up if you want to be followers. Okay, we have followers. Now the second auto call. This one is not for everybody. But you know that the Lord is calling you to be a disciple. You're going to come out. You know that the Lord is speaking to you. You've heard a lot of things. Sacrifice, discipline, prayer. I've been called. I'm a follower of him. And there's something he has put in my hands, but I have not started working with it. You know that the Lord is calling you into something, but you've not started working with it. You're still a follower. You're not yet a disciple. Please come out. Please come out. Our leaders can come out and pray for them, obviously not laying hands on them. There's some things the Lord has put in my hands, but I'm still toying around with it. I want to be a disciple. I want to disciple the things that the Lord has put in my hands. The Lord has given me the gift. Look, I'm called into the ministry of prayer, but I haven't prayed in 10 days. I'm called into the ministry of worship. I have the voice. The Lord is calling me to, to, to use this, the words, the, the sound in my voice to call for the nation. But I'm locked up in my closet because I do not know where to start. I'm following God but I am not a disciple yet I want to be walking and my shadows be causing miracles but I cannot do it until I start doing what the Lord has called me to do you'll be called into the ministry of intercessors when last did you intercede you have not interceded in one month you've not prayed in one month because you don't even know where to start from I want to walk in my calling. I want to walk in my calling. 
I need you to understand this is very important. You are saying that I'm waiting in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to start that which he has called me to do. I'm waiting in the upper room for that Holy Spirit to launch me into that ministry. I do not just want to walk into this world and not be accomplished. Not do what the Lord has called me to do. It seems like I'm just wasting time. I'm wasting my life. Lord, launch me into my ministry. Launch me into that which you have called me to do. It is not too early. It is not too late. It is not too early. It's not too late. Lord, you have called me to be a disciple. But Father, I'm stuck being a follower. Lord, I am launched into my ministry. Into that which you have called me to do. I am a disciple of God. I am a disciple of God. They are almost done praying if you are still there. If you are still thinking, am I part of this? Then you are part of it. Am I? Is this for me? Yes, this is for you. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.